he's the the pilot who on the weekends I, the pictures are like you know glitter eyeshadow and crop tops. Is, glitter eyeshadow and crop tops. That's quite the visual. He was he was part of the first all LGBTQ plus uh, hurricane hunters, I think. Okay. So yeah, he's he's adorable and fabulous. I love. He's one of my boys, and <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed how I, I, it shouldn't shock you, but basically every type of person out there can be represented in so many different groups, hurricane hunters. There's all the different types of hurricane hunters, writers. There's all the different types of writers, et cetera, et cetera, and infinitum. So it really doesn't shock me too much. If I'm off kilter today, it's because I don't have my coffee yet. There was a little bit of a scheduling mishap oh. on my end. So, you know, I, that's really all I have to offer in my defense of being a, you know, a poor co-host. That's all I can say. Well, there's one more thing I can say, which is howdy, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Dev Robot Society. I'm Paul E. Cooley. Joining me today, as always, Veronica Jaguer and Terry Mixon. How the hell are y'all? We're doing fine. I'm busy reconnecting to Facebook. It won't let me reconnect to your page. You need to click the button to reconnect to your page. I could do it to the other one, but I didn't have permission to connect yours. Uh, yeah, it's not there are, there are some that. interesting pop-ups going on on the side. You don't see a pop-up, <laughs> Paul? I see a pop-up, but I don't know what to do about it. It says click here to reconnect your destination? Nah, not happening. Hi, Facebook. You're in trouble. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Looks like it fixed itself. No? No. Maybe? Still still shows one of them is blocked. Yeah. Fuck. Well, this is why Facebook sucks ass. That's all I can say. Yeah. But besides that, why don't we deal with the listeners we actually have here? But yeah, there was a thousand different pop-ups. It made me feel like I was using Windows. Uh yeah. So we have we have the, the title of the show say just just say November. Um mm -hmm. and uh so the small talk might kind of border on that a little bit, but what else is going on besides uh the suitcase thing? <laughs> oh, besides all the Here, I sent you a link in the uh, private chat, Paul. See if you can click there and get it to reconnect. Oh goodness. Well, at least for here, bowling season is over, so yay. Bowling season is over. Imagine that. Bowling, well, high school bowling season is over. Bowling season is never truly over, but um, high school bowling season is over. So between that and my middle child finally having license and car, I've had a week of where I haven't had to go places. So, like, I come home. And I start to work and I can actually work straight through until like four o'clock. And it's the strangest thing because I'm used to like picking up and having to leave at like two or three and missing all that time. So I've gotten writing done. I've gotten recording done. I've gotten, oh God, I've been doing contracts it's because I have learned that I will never, ever, 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 ever do another audiobook without having a contract in place. I that just, sounds like a good idea. Yes. And so I now have two, 
Yeah, I now have at least two different types of contracts. I have one if it's just me and the author, and I'm the only narrator. And then I have one where if I'm doing, if I'm co-narrating it with someone, then it's me, my co-narrator, and the author. And I have learned that um, there's a lot that comes into coordinating stuff. So if I'm coordinating another narrator with the project, I need to account for that in payment. So, yeah. yeah Getting paid it, is kind of important. <laughs> it is. It is. And I'm just, I think one of the problems that a lot of creatives have is we undervalue our time and we undervalue how much what we do is worth. So it's taken me a couple of years to go, no, I really should charge for that. I feel bad about doing, no, don't feel, don't feel bad don't feel about bad. saying, yeah, doing this is going to take me so much time. If you, if this is what you want to have happen, this is what it's going to take. So, so yeah, that's been, that, that's been a fun learning experience this year. And I know that when, when this month is done between the travel and I have one project that I get to just start in the minute I get home, um, December is kind of going to be the, the business reckoning of where I get to reconcile all the sales and all the amounts and go, oh, that's what we did this year. Great. Oh, hello, Julius. It's time to suffocate Terry. I don't think there's any such thing as uh, suffocating Terry, to be perfectly honest. No? No. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I hate it when he does that. <laughs> Good God almighty. Are you having a rough day? Just close your eyes, because Julius is right here. No, he's really, he's emotional right support here. Kitty. You don't have an emotional support kitty. You have an emotional support pounce. Yeah, pretty much. Speaking so, of the emotional even. support pounce, the pounce has a new member. The pounce <gasps> has a new member. The pounce has a new member. Day before yesterday, we were getting ready to head out for breakfast, and before we could even get into the car, um, a seven-month-old kitten came running up and demanding assistance. Help me, help me, help me. So I brought her inside, and we have named her Nefertiti, and she is a Lynx Point Siamese, and she's very, very assertive because she's a Siamese, and that's how they work. Let me go into the other room and bring her out for a brief visit. <laughs> oh, yay! There are See? far too many damn cats in this show. I just want to there say that. No, there's no. And such most thing of them are in cats. one house. Actually, the vast majority oh. of them are in one house. Yes, because mine are camera shy, and currently the two striped ones are dozing with the mighty ginger, and I don't know where the orange fluff is. Maybe she's looking for her brain cell. <laughs> Seriously, I, you can you can see the switch, and she's so fluffy from the back. Like we joke that she's got fluffy pantaloons. It's like a corgi, just. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, it's the baby. Oh. Oh, she's a pretty girl. Look at those eyes. 
Look at those ears. It's a catastrophe. <laughs> Thank you, Antoine. Somebody had to say it. She doesn't like this, Julius. This one ah. is mine. I shall snuggle him. So I guess we know what Terry's small talk is. <laughs> oh. There's a cute hiss for everybody. Was that a hiss? That was a hiss. Oh, she's hissing not at you, but at... There's other cats cat. around. Yeah. She's not a fan. She's watching them. Oh. But she's a very sweet little girl. Now I'll take her back. I've traumatized her enough for right now. You see, what's fortunate about this is when we integrate a new listener or reader or whatever, we don't have to go through this. There is you no, know, no... For, for every new listener, I get a new cat. Oh, shit. Oh, dear. Guys, <laughs> is stop. this a bad time to stop. tell you about my promotion plans? <laughs> Suddenly Terry's like, we got to move the houses. We don't have enough room for all the cat furniture. Oh. It's going to happen. I... It's going to happen. It's inevitable at this point. What's so inevitable? Is that, my house is that... collapsing under the weight of cats? Yeah, that that very thing right there. Does this mean you're you're that that's more or less your small talk? Pretty much. That's my small talk. Poor Sassy yeah, has the cat talking. flu, so she got a shot and she's busy sneezing on everybody, so I'll probably come back to a full blown cat infestation of 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 the plague. So we'll see how that works. The plague. <laughs> that's what I call it, the kitty plague. Terry needs a duplex, one for the cat and one for him. <laughs> yeah, that's probably about right. I have been uh, working on a new story, or the, the untitled, whatever it is that, that, that this thing is called, and doing a lot of science investigation into mining and trying to futurist, do futurism uh, based on kind of mining techniques need to be used in hostile environments where there is no oxygen. For instance, you cannot use traditional mining charge because there's no oxygen. You have to have other kinds of explosives. You have to have other kinds of ways of uh, clearing the gabbro out so you can get to the, to the minerals and the metals and whatever it is you're looking for. And since there is no gravity or maybe there's lower gravity, maybe the atmosphere has certain components and there are certain things you cannot do because you'll either set the air on fire or you could cause yourself problems. So, for instance, your your mining is going to be different in 0.6Gs than 2Gs, big time. The amount of stress that everything's under, the amount of, of metal and material and, and uh, quickcrete and things like that you would have to use would be, you know, monumental. So, stuff like that and getting that kind of down because it helped me actually write what I was trying to write. So, I, I think I shared the link to that uh, site in, the, in DRS at some point. Um, that featured all the mining tools and things like that. But that's basically, basically what I've been basing things on. So I have been riding on all that. William says diet no, it carries its own two, O2. It does have its own oxidizer. This is correct. This is correct. So you, know, you wouldn't get a bank, but without air, there would be no shockwave anyway. There would be no shockwave, but the thing would go off. Yeah, it'd go off, but there'd be no shockwave. Well, it depends. Are you putting it in something like rock? Because the shockwave will travel through that. Oh, this is true. Mm -hmm. So if you're using it for mining purposes, it will absolutely work the way you intend. Mm. 
Mm. I'm trying to imagine space dynamite now. Thanks for that. I appreciate it, William. Alice Snoop says too many cats, Master Mixon. <laughs> no such thing. I see it Matt's here. Matt, Matt arrived just a little late. Matt didn't get to see the new kitty. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. What trip just, is just in November it. that requires suitcases? Oh, look, a Segway. Wow, is that is that something you write on, or is that like a, a, a way to awkwardly mangle from one subject to another? It, it's a word that I have, I struggled, um, I didn't realize the right spelling of it for a long time. I was, oh, that's what that is. Oh! Because you, you, when you get pickups on a word, you go, oh, I'm not forgetting that again. <laughs> Why would you all be packing suitcases? Hiding Vegas, baby. Okay, so your plan is to go pick up some hookers and stuff them in the trunk. Is that, that your new... Why Why Vegas? We need a reason? I'm in Florida. Why do you think I'd have to travel all the way to Vegas for that? I mean... Because because of, of uh, uh, I, tradition. I can, I, I can I can responsibly source. That I can responsibly too. source my own my own soon to be homicide victims. In Florida, workers. I mean, come on. <laughs> Jesus, fear and loathing. Yeah, you're going to write the sequel to Fear and Loathing. Is that how it's going to work? I don't need more projects. <laughs> but what what the hell is in Vegas, anyway. and why would the two of you be going? A writer's conference, 20 Books Vegas. I have no idea what that For is. For Veronica, it's a it's a target-rich environment with authors that she can can lure into her she growing her she growing audiobook empire. She I, I don't, them. I don't lure anybody. I go in and I set up my table and I have all my good swag and some candy and I extol the virtues of, you know, bringing your work to life with a human voice in audio because if you don't if you don't want to work with me there's literally a row there's audiobook row because i think they're like 12 different like audio based tables the first day there and they're going to be other tons of other narrators and audiobook publishers wandering around throughout the conference and how many of those did you lure there because we know that you're the instigator I may have talked it up to a handful of people, and that's wonderful. So, but at the same time, I know, I know there, the, the, so Chris Abernathy, he's a narrator, and he narrates a ton of Craig Martell's books. Um, so I know he's gotten other folks there as well, and I think probably on the, the tw- well, that's the thing, 20 books really doesn't have a food chain of sorts. It's very... But one, well, no. One of the things about it is that it is very like level playing field. It's an ocean no of chaos. It's an well, ocean yes. of chaos. It's an ocean of chaos, but there's no barrier to entry. You don't mm-hmm. have to have published so many books or earned so much money from your sales and prove it, like some other conferences. You know, you just have to you, you pay your ticket, you follow the rules, and you learn with two thousand other people. Two thousand? You know, I, was, have a, 
they're going to have almost 2,000 people there this year. Are 1,500 it's, it's, of them going to be paranormal romance authors again? It's down hey, from the previous years. Nice. It's down from previous years as far as the number of participants, I think. Maybe a little bit. I'm not sure. But uh, in any case, I was looking at the list of people that are going to be there on Vendor Day, and you know who I didn't see? I didn't no. see Podium. No, Podium's going to be there. Are they? Because I didn't see their name. They're, they're going to have their own big booth. Ah, okay. Um, because one of the... Uh, she, uh, one of the folks from Podium, Victoria... Their CEO, Victoria. No. no? Um, I don't think she's their CEO. Maybe. Who knows? Um, but she's going to be on the same panel that I'm going to be on with Chris Abernathy and Christopher Mayer um, talking about how to find the right narrator for your audiobooks. So, and there is actually, so that Friday um, in Vegas, that morning, it's a free to attend event for anyone. And it's pretty much a thousand table book fair maybe not a thousand tables but oh oh glorious that shiny coffee glorious coffee singeing my nose hairs love it that says two thousand people working or attending that's attending yes Mm -hmm. yes Yes, but introverted writers as far as the eye can see. Yeah, the, I mean the the whole point. I, mean, I went last year. I'm acting stupid, but I went last year. I don't have to act. Um, and it really is just so many folks getting together to talk writing, talk business, find find uh, you know common threads, basically share reader groups. It's crazy. And it's really, really tough if you're a noob there to get past being shy and, and not feeling like you belong. But it's a standard, it's a standard uh, uh, horseshit that comes along with imposter syndrome and whatnot. But it was a great time. You get a chance to go see those folks and got the CV in her natural environment where I she like was that. stalking authors. Stalking I them, I tell you. Stalking authors. This is boiling bunnies oh, in the back room. My anyway. Stalking authors. So rude! Oh my gosh. <laughs> she is. V is awesome. If you happen to go there, go go talk to her. Give her give her hell. Give her hell. I, I, actually, if, if you do, if, if anyone does, if you know authors showing up in Vegas, if you're going to show up, you just you know attending. Um, I still have. We have ribbons that say I put dead robots in my ears. I only have like twenty of them left because I ordered them a long time ago for Balticon. Um, but I have like some left and they, they can, they can be given out to dedicated mm-hmm. listeners mm-hmm. or watchers as the case may be. Mm-hmm. Patrick is going to be there. I'll see if I remember him or not. I'm halfway inclined to go. Have we met? <laughs> Well, now you've ruined it. You, you had the chance to make that joke, and now you've completely blown it. <laughs> and the mighty ginger will be there. Oh, yeah, man. he's a wonderful human being to volunteer for that he's, madness. Yeah, so yeah, a, a lot of times there are spouses who who volunteer, and he does volunteer. He'll be guarding, um, guarding. He'll be monitoring the doors. 
What should be a twenty dollar Mistress V add on? The, the little tag <laughs> that the, you only have twenty left. Anyway. <laughs> That took me a minute. So this is not the time. Well, there. I, I'm going to stay in this track and not switch over to other tracks. This has been my day. Um, he's not the evil. So the evil ginger. Um, <laughs> it's Mark when he gets bad. <laughs> I was going to say, depending upon which mirror, one mirror really ginger, yeah, mirror, mirror ginger. Hmm. Um, no, the mighty ginger is my husband. And strangely enough, he got that he got that nickname when he was in Vegas years ago. I mean, I'm talking like probably almost ten years ago now. Because nerd alert, he used to go. No, this he's got his nerd cred. So he actually used to play Magic the Gathering competitively, and he went with one of his buddies to Vegas for the uh, Modern Masters tournament, and he you know, built decks and played and got stuff signed and, you know, played tournament level magic, the gathering in Vegas. Um, and he did he, like two years worth. And he went and got cards signed. He has, um, he actually got a blank play mat and cause they had all the artists. And mm-hmm. so he got all of these different artists to sign the play mat and to draw designs on it. And, you know, it was like 20, 30 bucks for each artist. So, but by the time he, it was done, it's, I mean, that mat is framed and hanging in his office at work and it's gorgeous. There's some, you know, there's most of it's in like black or red. And then some artists like drew around others and it's all custom, but so, yeah, but he got the nickname, the mighty ginger, because that's how his buddy referred to him. I was like, oh, I like that. We're going to keep that. But if you're in you Vegas, see, you'll see him. You see, I, I'm just... Oh, there's so much brain death going on here. Mm-hmm. On my Don't... side, not yours. But... <laughs> Which cat is that? Pollux. Oh, the Pollux. Mm-hmm. 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 See, I was having issues... I was having images in my skull when you talked about a, a magic tournament in Vegas of cocktail waitresses walking around and Ah. cigars like being handed yeah just that whole no. thing while while they're playing you know just basically oh would you like another jack daniels i cast more mana i might pay money to see that that would actually be really funny um <laughs> alice so yeah. says i feel bad but what is magic gathering do i lose my nerd card <laughs> Magic the Gathering is a card. It, it's a card game. It's a trading card game. It's been around since the mid nineties. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and for a long time, um, I mean, I played in high school. My husband played in high school, a little bit in college. And then it, we stepped away from it. And then when our kids were young, like, I think my daughter was a toddler we got back into it and he would we do like friday night tournaments and do like pre-release tournaments and we have a ton of cards like the the closet i used to use for my studio the end it was insulated because i had so many like cards in there um but at the same time 
we took care of cards and cards that were collectible got graded and we invested in those and we actually sold some of the higher graded cards to pay for my booth so uh, so for once it was an investment sort of kind of oh no it totally was and that's and that's the thing i've I like the art. I like the game. I would go to tournaments and play. I'm just not very good because I take a while to play. I'm not very Man. good at deck building. Wow. Well, so. you know, shit happens. I enjoy too, but you know, I don't play that anymore. Uh, and 20 books. Anderson is a big Magic fan. He wrote a novella-length blog post on the game. Did Why not am know I not that. surprised? Up, oh, random cat. Tim says, hey, many game stores where tabletop game tournaments take place have bars and some Warhammer attorneys even have table service. I believe that. I I shouldn't, but I do. <laughs> I can see that. So, Terry, what the hell are you going to 20 Books for? To um, just meet up with old friends, meet new friends, talk shop. Basically, talk shop would cover it all. You're going to meet your sugar daddy in Vegas? Yeah, I'm going to meet my sugar daddy in Vegas. Going to go out and have a barbecue at his place. And I'm going to go ahead and pitch the next series and see whether he likes it as is or wants to make alterations to it. <laughs> or potentially just says, Ew, space opera. Oh, my God. Is that what you're writing? It is what I'm writing. He's not going to say that. <laughs> it's not always what you're writing. I suspect, that, I suspect that the plot that I'm going to pitch is going to be accepted pretty much like I am pitching it. But, you know, one never knows. When mm. in a collaboration, one never knows what Sugar Daddy's going to say. So, Terry, it needs more dog. Yeah, I'm already going to put a cat in this, all right? It, it needs need more a dog. dog. The dog lovers need something too, man. You got to put the cat in there. You got to put the dog in there. Okay, then fine. You put the I'll give the I'll give the bad guy a intelligent Doberman. Will it turn with, on him with, again to enjoy with, the cat? With elevated tastes, I only drink flat water from the spring world of such and such. This is garbage you're serving me. As an aside, I had to go to Pecto yesterday to get the shithead. I mean, Shadow, uh, uh, some soft food. And uh, which he now won't eat because he's an asshole. Uh, went there and I was checking out. And as soon as I went to check out, I noticed something odd about the the uh, um, person, you know, at the cashier's register. It's very, very confused. Her arm didn't look right. And then her arm started moving in two directions. And I got very, very confused. She had some kind of boa constrictor, really rare boa constrictor wrapped around it. And it was it was shuffling around her shirt. But for a moment, it like uncoiled. And so her arm was moving this way, but it was also moving this way at the same time. And my brain just went. It's the black. It's the black run. And then I saw the and then I saw the head. The head's exactly the same shade and color and pattern as the rest of the snake. So it's easy to lose it when you're not really looking. And I didn't have my glasses on. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Anyway, it was uh, it was one of those moments. Um. What the hell were we talking about? We were talking about sugar daddies in Vegas. Sugar daddies in Vegas. Why don't I have a sugar daddy? Why don't you have a sugar daddy? I don't know. Right now, today, Amazon's my sugar daddy. 
that sale is on right now. Ooh. Get the black for two forty nine at, at Amazon.com. Now my new book comes out tomorrow, the day that I'm flying out, so yay. One one more book there. Wednesday we'll have the meeting in Vegas and go out and have barbecue and pizza and other things and talk shop and pitch ideas and there'll other authors with variant will be there. And so I'm sure that I'll pitch the idea and other people will chime in. Which yeah, is cool. That's true. That's which true. is absolutely cool. I don't mind hearing other people's opinions. Might not might not use them, but I don't mind hearing them. <laughs> you know, that was a really interesting idea. Blah blah blah. No, that was shit. No, the the one part of it <laughs> The Southern one. That that will keep. That nah. Nah, not so much. What is this part about the Partridge family? Get that fucking shit out of here. <laughs> what? No, we're not having Wait a minute. Pet, no, no, Danny Partridge. Oh man, <laughs> I don't even know why the Partridge family was part of this. But, you know what? I, you know, I, I want to. I want to base one of my characters on Danny Bonaducci. In what way and why? In all the bad ways. <laughs> oh, you have to be more specific. Don't I you know actually, about Danny Bonaducci? I oh, I do. I have read some stuff, but it's he been a is long a time. sex addict. And the things that he has done and been caught doing and the things he has to go through to keep himself from relapsing and, and all of that makes for just imagine a, a epic train wreck watching it happen. I could, I could write a character that way. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. How much dog and considering Considering that they're going to be aliens, having a sex fiend with... Lots of aliens around could really be interesting. So basically, you're going to cut. That's you're going to take James T. Kirk and cut, carve off that one piece where he has to fuck everything that's been on any planet at all that's not from Earth. Got it. You're going to carve it's off the, that one it's piece. It's the James Kirk Earth. legacy. Without without the actual responsibility of captainship. That's right. No responsibility at all for this guy. Yeah, that's not going to work well. He's he's just a train wreck. <laughs> he's going to be helping the ship. <laughs> Why not Danny DeVito instead? <laughs> oh wow, that's frightening. Oh dear, because he's busy with Jersey Mike. Oh, local Go clubs by me were Go. Local go, it's go. a game. Oh, go. oh right, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're the most inclusive groups I've ever met. They used to meet the week at a Chinese restaurant. And then they started meeting in the pub. Good crowd. Interesting. I never got into any uh the games really like that, other than casually or whatnot. I never went to any any bars or certain places to go play those games. I rarely even play trivia. I'm not allowed to play trivia. It. You're not because you know too little or too much. So if like family, like the, like the, you don't know Jack or the Jackbox oh, God, games those are awesome. and stuff. Right. Um, I am not a, like in a, in a family environment, I am not allowed because I read too fast. And so I can often ring in right before and I generally know the answer and so I'll be like, she's cheating. No. Well, she reads faster. That's not cheating. Um, so yeah, that's not at home. And, but <laughs> that's if you go on. Yeah. If we go on cruises, there's all I get dragged to all of the tri- like the nine a.m. trivia with all the little old ladies. 
uh, my daughter, that's like her thing. She drags me to trivia and we sit there and do all the trivia on the cruise ships. And she like, she, Alice, how many coolie books do I need to buy to become his sugar mommy? Paul, what's your answer? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's we'll get that back to you on that. I'm calculating. I'm calculating. <laughs> I got, I got an expensive, lavish lifestyle here, so I gotta, I gotta really kind of take that into account here before I make well, a statement. Let's be realistic. She doesn't want to be your sugar dad, uh, sugar mama. She wants to be your cat's sugar mama. Nobody wants to be this asshole's sugar mama right now. Trust me. <laughs> I'm still so pissed at this cat. We picked up the uh, anniversary edition of the Lord of the Rings trivia pursuit. And I picked a random card out of it. And I'm like, I'm pretty, pretty up on knowing the trivia of this. I didn't know a single one on the card. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> nice. That's always help. helpful. Yeah. Matt says, I found Go was odd. Playing a person I really enjoy playing online, I found changed the feel of it completely. It was a totally different experience. And COVID killed it for me. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. There is a different a different kind of um, different kind of feel to it. Even like, you know, we're sitting here doing this podcast right now. It'd be very different if the three of us were together. Oh, absolutely. So it's just a matter of, and if y'all were in the audience... It would be very, very big difference. I mean, we do what we can online, but it's never the same as being live. Alice, Alice says she's going to be Violet's sugar mama. Somebody needs to be that dog's sugar mama. Although I'm not really sure what that is with that dog, because damn, that's all I can say. Damn, been a rough six months. I'm more of a dog dad right now. I'm actually in everybody's black books at the moment, so to speak. Yeah, William says online is less enjoyable. Go and chess and whatnot are very social games, even if they look logical from the outside. Yeah, they can be. They can be, depending on how sweaty you want to get. Wow, I'm not sure that you're playing Go or chess the way most other people do if you're getting sweaty. Uh, that's Does it game, involve wrestling? That's a gamer term, meaning you're really focusing, concentrating hard, to trying to win at all costs rather than just playing casually. I see. God, I keep forgetting that you are just an old, old doofus who's completely out of the loop. Sure. Then I see Veronica nodding her head. I'm not really sure. I'm, if she's... I'm, I'm. So I didn't know the term, but it makes that's sense. That's but that's thought. probably because I haven't, just time wise, I haven't done a lot of gaming lately. So. Is that Shadow? No, that's that's your cat's. Uh, Leo would like to Leo. discuss something with you. He has all sorts of things to discuss with people. Shadow, on the other hand, is being very quiet and he's pouting on his Mac Mini. He's chess boxing? What? Go Jello wrestling. What? Chess boxing? How does that I got, work? I got nothing. It's where you move the chess and the pieces. You know, they fight each other. Except uh, I would like assume chess in chess boxing. Rock and sock and robots? Yeah, pretty much. It'd be more like that uh, game that was on the Apple II. I can't remember the name of it now. It had manticores and shit. Basically, if you oh. took a piece, you fought, you had to fight the piece. 
So in other words, uh, if he had a pawn that was a creature, you'd have to fight that creature with whatever creature attacked it. And no matter what chess rules were, whoever won the fight won the space. I can't remember the name of it. Interesting. Round of boxing and chess moves. <laughs> Secret agent chess, battle chess. Man, you know, why can't y'all just play chess? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, God. There's, I don't know. that Now I'm looking at this, I'm thinking there's probably a story behind this. Oh, hell like, yeah, there's a storyline here. I mean, there's totally like a dystopian kind of, you know, settling, settling issues between between warring factions or nations and instead of having an all-out war on you know going back and forth over borders you're just like that's okay it's you know the annual you know chess match or whatever and you have to line people up and people get recruited for each position and then they have to play out but the playing out is literally your your battle masters on each side directing people hmm okay maybe that is what i'm what i'm thinking of chris maybe that, that is speaking of games i was playing alan wake 2 and thought this is some shit paul would write <laughs> <laughs> i've never played the alan wake games but i watched the playthrough of american nightmare which i guess is the dlc for number one Matt says, I've still got my drinking chess set. Each piece is on a shot glass, and you take someone else's piece, you drink it. If you're good, it evens out really quickly. So basically, you're you're describing the drinking game that uh, Ford Prefect likes to, to uh, uh, likes to do on a certain planet. I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> v is describing the movie Spies Like Us. <laughs> Have it have not seen it. I've been what have I been catching up with? How could you not have seen Spies Like Us? Spies Like Us. I My God, Chevy time? Chase Dan Aykroyd, it is a classically fucked up eighties flick. And that's why. So there are many classic eighties flicks that I just remember. Eighties? I was in elementary school. There's plenty no of stuff that if it, if it wasn't on like my my general radar, I just didn't see it, mm. and I didn't necessarily go back for it. So, did you ever see Real Genius? No. Oh my gosh! You would really love that. You would. You would really love that. I shall. I mean, there, there's some things I did go. I that I went back to see because because of the nostalgia or because I needed the reference point and because some of the stories still hold up there are plenty of things that were that came out of the 70s and 80s and even the early 90s that are just like oh we can't watch oh that. sure yeah, yeah yeah i i know what you mean so, but yeah. and then there's other things and then there are other things that came out like in the late the late 90s what was it i was watching dogma again and i i love kevin smith movies like that that's that's my I will sit back, I will happily quote through the whole thing. Love it. And we're watching Dogma. My kids are sitting there walk they're like they're walking through the family room and going, they're like, What is this? Why do you like this? Is that are you 
why are you watching this? And that's, they, they, they're like, why do you think this is funny? This is Jay and Silent Bob. Is he high? Yes. Is it, and that's, that, what else does Look, he do? they don't, they that's wouldn't just, understand the original Beavis the and Butthead either. They would not get it. Even with the, they did the, not. the TV videos stuck in there, they wouldn't get it. Because we, we actually watched a handful of those and I'm, you know, I'm face palming the entire time because it wasn't quite my sense of humor. Meanwhile, my husband is about to fall off the couch laughing so hard. And my daughter walks in and she's like, what? This is what you watched when you were my age? Yes. Yeah. It explains so much. It does, actually. And then she but but see, in, in, in Beavis and Butthead's defense... I think to truly appreciate it, you have to have been an adolescent boy. Otherwise, yes. I think it's yes. extremely lost. And you almost had to be an ad- have to have been an adolescent boy in the 80s to get it, to understand it, and to Fair find enough. it funny. So I, I don't know what else to do. What, what else to say about that? But I'm not surprised they don't get it. TV not surprised at all. No. But, e- but even then, the, the adolescent boy walked through and he's like really oh yeah here you go this is this is the one for you introduce them to cheech and chong as me <laughs> nice dreams i i mean to be fair they still rank planes trains and automobiles as one of the best movies of all time so all right they're salvageable right they're salvageable they're salvageable you've got work to do though it's serious work to do they're, they're... Your audio is cutting some, in and out. Some movies that hold up. Damn you it. need to reload. Let's see what I can do about that. No. What you want is a tattoo of your of a butt on your butt with a tattoo of a butt on the butt. Woohoo! Cool. <laughs> <laughs> number one, I order you to take on number two. <laughs> uh, I will uh, say one uh, of the most disconcerting uh, moments of my teenage years was knowing that my dad could do a dead all Beavis and Butthead impersonation. And when, just like going through and hearing him go, heh, heh, I'm like, I was just like, I will never watch that. What do your kids think of, of Dr. Evil? <clears throat> nice King of the Hill reference, Antoine. They, they, get, the, they get the references, but it's not something they're going to go back and watch all the time. There, there's certain movies, like there's certain movies and shows that might not be of your particular generation, and the same thing goes for books. But if you pick up the book, if you pick up the book, or you see it, you know, you see the movie playing, you're going to stop and watch it. Or oh my gosh, we have to see this. Or oh wait, this is the best part. This comes up. So. It's not one of those. Oh stop! We have to watch this right now. But if there's a John Candy movie that comes on, they're right there. Um, Guilty pleasures. Same with, yeah, James Bond movies um, with Daniel Craig. Also, with those, my daughter's right there. She's like, oh, we got to watch this right now. If the sky falls on, the world stops, she sits and watches. I'm a horrible parent. That was like her favorite movie when she was nine. <laughs> 
I don't know, Terry, do you have any guilty pleasures in the movie department or TV show department? Not really. I, I, there are a few that I like a lot, but I'm Green not going to go... Green is the place to be. I have, seen, I have actually seen episodes of that, so, you know, I've that is not so far off the bat. A ton of episodes of that, thank you very much. My parents watched that, so I have to see night. some. Um, guilty pleasures. I find myself liking watching the old Battlestar Galactica episodes or the old uh, Flash Gordon stuff. Excuse me, not Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers. Oh, okay. The 80s Buck Rogers. The 80s Buck Rogers with Gil Gerard. Um, fun stuff. Those type of shows, if one of those is on, I might sit down and watch it because... I'm really attracted to those kinds of things. Space 1999, even though it is way outdated as far as, well, everything. <laughs> everything. The bell bottoms. Oh my God. If the uniforms had bell bottoms. produced in the future, the futuristic 70s, you have to fucking watch Space 1999. You just have got to watch it just for the fucking uniforms. And the way the space station is styled and the ships and the whole goddamn nine yards. Oh, it's just glorious nostalgia vomit. Oh, it's just awesome. If I had to pick a modern movie that I will stop and watch, the Mission Impossible series. Um, hmm. it, it's just, it catches you. It makes you go and watch it. Hmm. I don't think I really have anything like that anymore. Probably the streaming destroyed that. But then again, there are movies that come to streaming that haven't been there in a long time or haven't seen in a long time. And every once in a while, I go watch it. I bought The Thing. I probably have three different versions of The Thing. And that's a that's something that just that's the perfect horror movie. And when I find one of those, I buy it, which is why I also have a copy of Smile. But um, I guess there used to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer was for a while. If there was an episode of Buffy on, we'd watch that. If they had a marathon on on uh, uh, the CW, whatever channel it's on. Was that the CW? I can't even remember anymore. Anyway, if Buffy episodes, Probably. many episode, many marathons were on, we'd watch that and everything else. Because it was there, because we enjoyed it, and because we already knew every single freaking line. We could read a book while it was on. We could do this while it was on. Because it was just kind of comfort. It's comfort food. There is a certain group of people that will watch Die Hard um, over the holidays. And if you go ahead and start it at a certain time, you have Hans Richter falling off of Nakatomi Tower right at midnight. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I think there are plenty of people that have their, like, your your holiday situational movies like mine, I will fall into my suburbia mom stereotypes. I decorate to the mother Christmas Carol. That's, I will start that sucker and I will be singing and talking along and dancing around and putting up trees and garland and lights and it'd be fantastic. And whatever else you need. But I like the Muppets. <laughs> oh, I, you know, if the Muppets I show the, came on, I'd watch that. Come on, that. the Muppets and Michael Caine. The Muppets and Michael Caine. There's not... The only one that comes even close to that was Muppet Treasure Island with the Muppets and Tim Curry. I didn't watch any of the movies. 
wasn't really a fan of the movies. I guess, I guess for for me, it was just the show was the show was the show. I think I, I saw the original Muppet movie. Like, I have a feeling you would like the the humor of Muppet Treasure Island because of Tim Curry. You know, if Clue came on with Tim Curry, I would watch it. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Yes. Alice asks an interesting question. What one collaboration would be the dream project for each of you? I mm. would write a, you know, any book with David Weber. Uh, v, what do you got? I don't know. I, I already, I'm spoiled. I get to collaborate with a really good fantasy by author all the time so I don't know I'm not really sure either I'm not really sure either I think I would like to do some kind of dystopian science fiction thing at some point um, and I have some ideas of who I would include on that but I don't know I'd be able to settle on just one depending on what the story was so, for instance, if I wanted to go kind of the horror route in there, I would try and drag Terry in there. And the reason is, is so he can keep me from going off the straight and narrow too far. And also so we can see just how deep and dark Mr. Mixon will go when afforded the chance. I so, can do the idea thing, but I just can't write the words because then it turns into a into a romance. So. We, 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 there are certain <laughs> situations because you were just, you were capable of doing exactly this kind of damage and horrible things to your characters as I am. Horror turns into paranormal romance for me. It's just the way it is. Uh, 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 anyway, I, I think, I think I would love to do something like that with somebody like Terry, somebody who doesn't write in, the, in that genre necessarily. Just like at some point I would like to go work on uh, maybe a, a romance with somebody. Because it's not something I've done before, and it might be an interesting process. But uh, you have to find the right person to collaborate with. I've been part of two collaborations, and neither of them went particularly well for various reasons. Um, so I, uh, it, I would have to approach it from a different angle. I'd have to make sure that that person could uh, we would work well together with. I'm not saying I have any regrets about the the work that I did with with. Uh, whomever it's just a matter of it didn't work out the way i wanted it to we'll put it that way the muppets are not a guilty pleasure they are art <laughs> fact rick facts you're just now talking didn't we have this conversation last week muppets remakes of movies yes we did we weren't talking about that we did it came up rick says he wants to be ken follett's research assistant Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. Is there somebody's suitcase you would like to jump into when they go on, on doing their little tours? You know, I would like to go, go on tour with, um, oh God, what is his name? The one that everybody makes fun of for his, uh, his uh, thrillers, but he makes tons of money anyway. James Patterson? Not Patterson, the other one. They, um, the one Jenkins? that did the. Oh God, it's the one that they they had multiple movies with, uh, you know, the Illuminati and other conspiracy theorist stuff. Oh, James Brown. 
I'm sorry, what'd you say? Dan Brown. Dan, Dan Brown, Brown, yes. Dan Brown? Dan Brown, yes. I'd like to be in his suitcase. That would be an interesting suitcase to be in. I would love to be in uh, the suitcase of, of Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child, because holy fucking shit. You're talking about all over the goddamn United States, all over Europe, all over South America, uh, other islands, everywhere. Um, even if it's just a virtual suitcase. But man, if I could make it, if I could go visit all the places that they have written about in their books and why they wrote what they wrote about those areas, I'd be a very happy man. Those are two writers that I really, uh, they've, they've just created some of the best thriller suspense stuff out there, and I just love them for it. But they've also got their history down. It's great. Uh, Terry. Yes, sir. Dan Brown has a master's class that is an absolute waste of time, says Rick. Well, you know, I've watched that master's class. And I thought it was one of the best sets of advice that I've ever seen of one writer giving advice to another writer. So I'm just going to have to disagree with Rick. I'm going to have to disagree with Rick because I listened to it and I thought he had some good salient ideas. I'm, but, but then again, I think it depends on what you were trying to get out of it. None of, these, none of those things are there to teach you how to write. They're there to make you think about story. Mm-hmm and narrative and how people tell and every one of these bozos that gets on there even bozos like terry me and v are coming out here every saturday giving our thoughts on narrative i've listened to the writing classes from james patterson from dan brown and there was one other writer that has a master class on there and if i had to pick i'd say that dan brown's was the most one that i connected with the most so you know Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm the same kind of hack. You know, I just write the same hack stuff and just go to the bank and make the money. And I'm happy with that. <laughs> Rick asks, does he need a note from his mommy for being tardy? No, we yes. just need to kick him out for his comment about Dan Brown. Oh, whatever. We He's can't allowed. tolerate that around here. He's allowed not to have gotten anything out of that course. It's true. He's allowed. No kidding. Antoine says that I think he thinks the other author was N.K. Jemison. Oh, it's like, who the hell was that? <laughs> I think there was another I, I one. I, I, maintain. I don't know. I think that there was another one beyond that, but I can't remember. I only remember the two. Hmm. What was it? It was a course in cliche hours. Not really sure what that means. I'm not quite sure what that means. Not either. Anyway. But uh, Patterson's masterclass was educational, mm-hmm. but the stuff about how to immerse yourself in writing as a writer and becoming part of the story that you're doing. I thought Dan Brown was very connectable and relatable in getting that information across. Yeah. Again, this depends on what you were looking to, to get out of see it. now. See now, Rick, you know, he, he teaches in academia. So Maybe him judging people that are teaching is, is, you know, suspect. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are you really going to start that shit? We've only got, <laughs> we only oh, got no, like no, four no. and a half know, minutes actually, episode left. No, I, I, I will agree with Terry as someone else who comes from academia. A lot of times you've got, you have expectations when you listen to someone teach and you're used to a certain type of, you know, information offering than so oh wrong one 
There we go. No, I never really covered that. I intended to bring him back, but, you know, after shooting his legs and his junk off, you know, I was going to have him have him be all lower-end robotic, but it never he never made it back in. That's it. I'm killing you again in Extinction. <laughs> I, I, I thought maybe I'd get away from it because I already whacked you in book three, but I got to do it again in book six just because I need to make sure. <laughs> you, your character could be renowned for his junk, his space junk. Now, if you want to go ahead and, you know, go that way. Well, you know, in the crypt, I am Paul Iron Balls Cooley. So, you know, have you not read that yet? I'm going to find that. Well, no, that I, just... short, I don't know if that character still made it into the crypt, but it's in the original. Uh, it's in the original group of short stories, Iron Balls Cooley. So, something I, I do want to go ahead and, and pass on to Rick here. In all seriousness, people sometimes connect with other people and get different things out of it. I wasn't... I mean, you could say you didn't get anything out of it, and that's perfectly valid. I'm, I'm not going to gainsay you on that. But being a pulp writer like I am, I got a lot more out of it because I think he's more my people than maybe James Patterson is. James Patterson had some good advice, but I really grokked what um, Dan Brown was telling. And it may not seem like there was a lot, but for me it vindicated many of the things that I already do and gave me maybe a sense of more confidence that I wasn't, you know, just wandering in the dark. I think we're all wandering in the dark. We just need to remember or be told every once in a while that we're wandering in the right direction. So whichever person you, you don't feel teaches you the best, that's cool. Whoever that is, that's great. Don't, don't feel bad, even if you're wrong. Chris Hatfield's space seg segment was excellent. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. Not familiar with that one at all. <laughs> Lots of babble, little substance. You just described this show, asshole. <laughs> Alice asked, did I ever write V into Empire Bones? V, why don't you go ahead and tell about that? Because um, I'm sure it was quite yes. different from your point of view than it was from mine. Right, so... Yes, Terry did write me into the Empire of Bones to the point that I have, because I narrate, um, I've had to narrate myself, and it is really strange having to choose a voice that is not your own and a delivery that is not your own to give life to a character that's named after you. But at least I am assured that my last name is pronounced properly. <laughs> and you know she's got a really cute girlfriend so i'm like she's living her best life so gosh i missed an opportunity there i just didn't realize i was missing an opportunity i should have said her name is spelled jaguar but it's pronounced something totally bizarre and then you would have been no 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 jaguar yes jaguar oh how could i miss that opportunity so for this voice, did you choose one, you know, where they've been smoking three packs a day and driving a truck? So it's like this. Hi, I'm Veronica. Ah. Did you do that? Is that no, the voice you did she... it in? Nope. Nope. Uh, what did I do? <laughs> it was so many books ago. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to describe it because I could, it's... When you do certain voices for so long for certain characters, you can usually like tweak and you know what they are. I know that like color coordination is purple. 
um, in my script marking. And I know that her, her voice trends a little more Midwestern. So it trends Western, it flattens up and it's, it's, it, she has my same, uh, diction. So the, the crispiness on enunciating things, but yeah, my brain works. That says if you ever get a chance, there's an interview between Chris Hadfield and Randall Monroe. And Randall Monroe is trying to pose impossible oh, yeah. situations, and CH approaches each of them like an astronaut. Huh. <laughs> Jeff asks, is this live remember X window and FB not working? Yes, I know. I tried to fix it, but Facebook sucks ass. Because Mark Zuck sucks ass. Because fuck Facebook. But and there goes the group. And there goes the group. <laughs> sorry. Did I air out my, my, my complaints? I'm you know, sorry. We went through this entire show and we didn't talk about what the other subject was going to be at all. Which was what? The uh, Amazon AI narration. Oh, shit. Yeah, I guess we'll have to babble about that. Now. So in the after show, everybody, we'll be talking about Amazon's move to, era, to AI narration of books. So... Um, you know, if you're not already a Patreon supporter or have chipped in on the buy me a coffee, you might want to toss a buck in the buy me a coffee and come and see what we've got to say there because I imagine there's going to be some sparks. V is going to drop a few F-bombs. I'm pretty confident. And if you've lit explosions in space me. or a fart perhaps, you can send an email to show at DevRobotSociety.com and tell us all about it. Or if Find me on Mastodon at Paul underscore E underscore Cooley at the Y-R-S-E dot social. You can find us on Facebook at the help. Help. The Dead Robot Society Writing Community. The Dead Robot Society Writing Community. Thank you. Yeah, where we all mangle the madness now. Where some of us even know the title of the name of the group. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash DRS podcast. see way too damn many cats and our adorable faces. And if you want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash DRS podcast and buymeacoffee.com slash DRS podcast, where for as little as $1 a month, you get access to exclusive live shows like we're, we're going to do with DRS After Dark in just a moment. And because Paul really has his head up his rear today, he doesn't have the list of people who are at the $10 level because they get their name read because they're cool and groovy. And their names are Tony L. Joy, Lisa Slack, Isabel Cushy, and Tim Dieter Ryder. Thank you to all of our patrons for making this show possible and helping us pay for all the hosting costs and all that garbage. And with that, we are going to get out of here. We didn't even talk about NaNoWriMo. We didn't, we were such losers. There's we'll talk about NaNoWriMo talk about. in the, in the uh, after show as well, just because that's how we roll. Yeah. And one more thing, uh, Terry will not be with us next week, so we may have a third chair. It's not Terry. You should invite J.R. Handley in so you can tear him up in person. We're out of here. <laughs> we are so out of here. All right, folks, thank you for hanging out with us. We really appreciate uh, seeing you and interacting with you and everything else, and we will see you next week. Bye.